Hi and welcome to Karate Over Coffee. My name is Shane McMahon and I'm your host. This is a podcast dedicated to my experiences in karate. I started karate as soon as I could walk. My parents owned a full-time dojo, so I literally grew up in the dojo as our house was on top. I've lived and breathed karate my whole life and I've trained with some really amazing sensei, competed for my country, and I've learned so much about the evolution and history of karate. And I'm here to share my experiences and learn. Enjoy. G'day guys, Shane from Karate Over Coffee with another espresso shot. This time we, we are talking, can sports karate and traditional karate coexist? Can they, can they coexist together? Well, first of all, what is traditional karate? Let's, let's, all, let's say traditional karate is someone who practices a Japanese or Okinawan lineage, a nice and broad term. Let's just use that for the moment. Uh, in my dojo, we compete in WKF type competitions. We have, we have tried an all styles open martial art competition type event before, but in Australia, the quality, quality isn't as good as the National Karate Federation, the, the National uh, Federation is affiliated with the WKF. So it's, so for us, the train, the training is, our training is more geared around the WKF and it is, it is more beneficial for our members. I, I don't see a benefit for us competing in the other competitions. Uh, the only other, comp other competitions, and maybe the benefit is they have more competitions per year, um, but the quality again is, is different, is different. So, so we've, we've been competing in WKF style competitions since the seventies. Uh, back then it was the WUKO though. Uh, it is now the WKF. Plenty of controversy in the name change and how the name, the WKF name came about, but uh, maybe that's another episode. Uh, I, I've got a title all ready to go for that episode as well. There is no politics or ego in karate. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's get back to it. So the rules, the rule, the WKF rules itself have changed a lot. Uh, God, they change all the time. Every year, every two years, they're changing the rules. Um, I, I am a fan of some of the rule changes, like the current one with the WKF competition, where you can't be penalised if you're if you're not running away, but if your tactic, if you if you're up on points and you're mo and you're moving, and the other person's not attacking. Last year, you both got penalised. This year, only the person who is behind gets penalised. Because a tactic is to wait for the person to, to come forward, especially if you're up on points. Uh, it doesn't make sense to uh, that they both get penalised. So if the, if the person is in front, um, their tactic may be just to move and wait for the person to come forward because they've already got the points. Why are they being penalised? Anyway, so so there are there are some some rules that I don't like, um, but there are some that I, that I do like, like why they stopped, why the WKF dropped the two hand grab takedowns and kumite man that was that is fantastic i used to love those you know you get in close you close that gap you grab and bang you throw the person down and, and punch to the floor uh, i'm not a big fan of punching to the per person to the floor when we're talking applications and um kumigata or bunkai as in self-defense it's it is i think is ridiculous once you throw the person to the floor the floor takes care of, of that person. You know, you don't have to deliver a little tiny little punch when you've got a massive floor that you've just dropped the person down. Um, 
but in WKF Kumite, it's different. It's, it, you can't compare those two. So, so you know, that's a three points. Um, now, where, where was I? So, some rules I like, some some I don't like. Um, I have I have spoken about it before, but not everybody listens to every episode. So, let me just run you run you through just quickly some of the things that I really like about competition. It doesn't have to be specifically karate competition, but competition just in general is is that feeling that that fear of facing the unknown, especially when you're in a competition where you don't know don't know the, the other competitors, whether you're competing at a state or a national or international level, um, you don't know, know the opponent that you're fighting. Fighting, maybe yes or no. We'll just use that term fighting. It's you know we'll just use that loose term for the moment. But so you, you don't know how tall they are, if they're older than you, younger than you, more flexible, faster, more experienced, less experienced. So that feeling of of, un, of facing the unknown um, is really powerful, and you know you can build. You, you, your brain can build that opponent, especially if it's a day before or the a week before, and you, you don't know who that person is, and you see their name in the drawer. You can build that opponent into something that they they, they aren't, and then all of a sudden you can lose before you even walk into the mats. Um, I know I was fighting in uh, again fighting. I was fighting in Switzerland at a international competition, and there was an American guy um, who would we were all warming up at the back. And he was running up and down um, behind the stadium. He's running, 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 and he gets to one wall and he headbutts it, turns around, runs and headbutts it. And he and as he's doing it, he's swearing swearing. And I'm like, oh my god, this guy is this guy is crazy. And he looked bigger than me, scarier than me, and I was I was terrified of, of him. And uh, I actually had had to fight him in the second round. Um, and he had a buy in the first round, so he fought me. And man, he couldn't fight. I think I beat him. Uh, it was I think I beat him six nil back then. Like, uh, but I built him up to a level where I, I was sure that I was going to lose. You know, so you, your mind does play tricks on, on you that way. So competition, and, and the more experience you have, the the more chance you have to control it. Especially the things that you can and you can't control. Um, like I can't control how my opponent warms up. I can't control how, how he prepares, but I can control how I can warm up and how I can prepare. I like that aspect. I like the, that, that aspect of taking ownership um, of your, your own, I don't want to say destiny, but yeah, maybe it is like taking ownership and, and responsibility for yourself, whether you whether you are a 10 year old boy or a 35 year old seasoned veteran female, you still have to take care of your own individual warm-up preparation. You can have a coach, but really, it's up to you. You know, um, the adrenaline dump also is a is a huge part. Should have uh, turned my phone off before doing this, eh? But we're we're a long way through, so um, that was a message from Uber, an update from Uber. But anyway, the getting back to the adrenaline dump, uh, being able to control your emotions, having that feeling of someone. In, uh, wanting to hurt you, you know, have, wanting to punch your face in, controlling your own feelings—it's—it's it's an excellent tool. Uh, unless you're inter entering into those competitions, 
unless you are really uh, like going into those tournaments, it's hard to replicate that feeling. Like yes, gradings and demos, yeah, they have a similar similar feeling, but it's not as intense. Uh, it's 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 nowhere near as tense intense when you're entering into a competition atmosphere, especially with the fear of being hurt, injured by somebody else. Kata, maybe kata is maybe even more difficult because you're out there by yourself. You are like you are on show. You're you're out there, your balls are out there, everybody can see everything. Everybody can see your flaws. And the only person you can beat is is yourself. Un unlike Kumite where you can you can kind of control the other person. We you may lose a few points, but you can try to beat the person with strategies and tactics. Whereas in Qatar, if you if you slip, see you later. Like you gotta pick yourself up. Well, literally pick yourself up and, and start again do it again um and that man that is that is hard um the other thing i really like about competition is the camaraderie the 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 friendships that you have from competitions you you really build like a mateship with people that you compete against and you compete with when you compete against people you have respect for those people as well um whether you win or you lose you know, that person is still out there trying to trying to beat you, whether it's kata or kumite. Uh, you know, you, you share a lot of a lot of the same drives. Um, you know, you, you share a lot of the same training preparations, those sorts of things. Um, you understand the commitment that person is, has gone through, especially when it's an, an international or even national um, competition. Um, you, you know, you may be fierce rivals in the ring, whether it's kata or kumite, but you can be friends after the competition. Um, I remember way back when the in the Australian Karate Federation, the national competition used to be a three-day event, and Sunday was generally reserved for team kata and team kumite, or maybe just team kumite. Um, but after the Sunday, uh, there would be beers and a party, like a uh, for athletes, coaches to catch up um, afterwards and, and, and meet up and see how everybody's families are and, and those sorts of things. And then we'd, then we'd go home. And then the next year, you know, you, you, you've got familiar faces. And so, it, but now the AKF do not do that, uh, which I, I know why, because there's too many events. There's way too many kids' events, way too many kids' events. Like it is a full packed three days. Uh, oh, when I was 11, my sister got to compete in Sydney um, or compete at the Nationals because she was 12. Back then, you had to be 12 to compete in, in Kumite. Maybe Kata too. But uh, I wanted, man, when, she went, when I was 11 and she was 12 and competing, I was just gutted, absolutely gutted because I, would, I had won the Queensland titles for, for a couple of years. So I wanted to compete. But as soon as I turned 12, yes, I competed and, and uh, did well. Um, but, and then at that time, when I turned 12, they let up younger people come in as well. I couldn't believe it. I've been waiting so long. And by the time, when I turned 12, they had like nine, 10, 11 year olds competing. Oh, and that, that, that was annoying. But also at that time, 
you, if you're representing your state, the state would send three athletes. So when you go to the nationals, there'd be maybe 10, only 10 to 15 competitors. Doesn't sound like a lot because it's in, in Australia, if you're unsure, there's only, there's only maybe four states that send a full team, maybe three and a half. I mean, Queensland is struggling at the moment too, but so there's, there's maybe four or five states because the population in Australia is 25 million. It's not huge. So to represent Queensland, there would be three athletes. So it'd be 10 to 15 competitors, uh, but the quality, it's the quality of the matches. Now you can send as many kids as you want. You can send up to six adults per division. It just, it takes longer. The quality is not as good. Um, you know, instead of, instead of your, instead of being on for your first fight, your first fight now, you can almost like warm up to beat that person, to get into the second round, to get into the third round. Like you can use those first two, two rounds, Kata or Kumite, to warm up, you know, to get, to get into it. Back then, you had to be on straight away. And this is why the, the days take so long. There's also, when I was 12 and 13 and 14, there were no weight divisions. It was just an open 12-year-old event, open 13-year-old event, open 14-year-old event. The, the weight divisions, I know it's a WKF thing, but the weight divisions now, man, there's just too many. There are way too many, and the quality of the competitors is just not as good. Um, just not as good as it, as it used to be, but anyway. Uh, but, but yes, back, back to friendships in karate. Uh, you can really make some fantastic friends and connections, networking, uh, especially if you're going overseas or you're going interstate. And you know, if you, it, for work when you're older, you can go, you can talk to people who you know, and they can show you how, where to go, what to do, and also possibly crash at their place uh, and, and especially train at their dojo. You can be a guest instructor, or you can just go in and train, uh, but it gives, gives, you, gives you somewhere to go and something familiar, familiar for you. So um, that's some really awesome aspects of, of competition, negative aspects of, of karate competition. And maybe for some people, the, these outweigh the positives. If, if they can find positives. But the negative aspects I think of, of karate competition is the, uh, and I hear a lot of it is the, the lack of full contact in the matches, especially Kumite, obviously not Kata. Um, mm, I'm so-so on this, on the, the full contact. Uh, I think you get to a point where like competi WKF competition is not full contact. And if you, if you understand that, then, then you can compete in WKF competitions for what it is. If you want full contact, don't do WKF competitions. It, it, you know, don't sit there and bag WKF competitions. Do a different competition. Go into the full contact, go into a karate combat, go to UFC or go do Kyokushin or whatever it is. But don't sit there and bag WKF competitions because their aspect is not full contact. Their aspect is controlled contact. And yes, it's there, there are there is a negative aspect to it because people don't maybe they don't understand what it's like to be punched in the face or deliver a punch. That's cool. That's that's their own thing. So there there is that negative aspect of full contact, especially if you're comparing it to UFC, karate combat. But it's like comparing, and I got this comparison from my friend Mario McKenna. I got this. It's like. It's like I'm driving and I look, look out and I see a 35-year-old male 
riding a bike with his helmet and the like a two thousand dollar bike with the helmet and um, all of the all of the cyclist equipment here, you know, the the little little pants and the little shirt. Well, I can't remember. I don't know what it's called. But I wouldn't mistake that person for somebody who's who is in a Tour de France, right? They're, they're two totally different things, and it, so you, you can't compare the WKF to UFC when they are two totally different rule sets. You, you may not agree with the rules and, and how they are, but you can't compare them because it's it's like comparing that that Friday afternoon cyclist to a seasoned professional in the UFC. Anyway, let's let's get back to the another thing I don't like. I don't like the Hikate action after after to to score a point. You know, you hand back to the hip. Uh, the reason you know you punch and you pull it back to towards the hip, it's not for the delivery of the punch or the pullback of the punch. That that doesn't make any sense. It's for the referees and judges. Um, I understand that. So not so that's how I teach it. So all you're doing is making it easy for the referee and judge to see the technique that you've done, to see the point that you've done, um, and maybe convince that person just a little bit more that you scored that point, and maybe you did or didn't. But pulling that ha that hand back to the back to the hip, you know. Um, but I suppose one of the the biggest ones are um, the showmanship or the posturing, both kata and kumite. I mean, all you have to do is look at the, the Olympic. Kata and uh, Sandy Sanchez, the eyes. I, I spoke about this previously, but the smoky eyes, you know, like the, the intense look like, like she's just about to deliver a, a life-ending attack. It's not really, you know. Um, so, the, and the posturing in Kumite as well, you know, you score that point, you do a big kia and you pull back and you look, and you look around instead of being in, in that match. Um, so yeah, there's th things I don't like about that as well. And, uh, but, you know, you for Kumite, for example, you're trying to score that point to show the referees and judges that you scored that point. You know, the bigger ki, the pullback. Uh, the jumping after, no, I hate that, and I definitely do not teach that. But definitely the pullback, like after you strike and pull back. There's a, that's also another contentious issue that, the, the start and stop of a match compared to something like boxing where they have like a three minute round. Uh, there are Kumite matches like that or competitions like that, but in WKF competitions, it's not. Once you score the point, you come back and you start again. A lot of people don't understand that the Kumite is based off of Kendo. So the idea is the first strike kills. That, that's sort of the, the, the first person to do a knockout strike or a finishing Finishing strike or finishing blow in kendo wins. Same in the karate uses the same approach. The first person to get a clean score, a clean knockout, a technique that if it wasn't controlled, it would knock the person down, is the winner. So rather than a continuous, so other competitions is ippon. So first first score wins, and then it became then it became two points and three points and six and eight and whatever it is. So. So if you take into, into that approach, you can understand why it's a stop and start. It's almost like mini matches in a match. Like move, 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 strike, 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 strike. Bang, that person scores, they come back, that person gets a point, and we start again. 
da 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 da, da and, and and so forth. So kata kata though for us is is a little different. We I teach two different styles of kata. One is our koshinkan kata. Um, and we use mainly Kinja Hiroshi style kata. If you're not sure who Kinja Hiroshi is, just Google him. But we we teach his style of kata, what his idea of kata is, um, and the big part of that is the hand. The hand technique is delivered before the foot touches the floor. Uh, we also our weight distribution is different. We don't. We don't move the front foot when we're moving forward, for example. So we use that same approach in, in our regular cutter and our competition cutter. So we, we don't move that front foot before we move, whether it's kumite or kata, it's the same. So the idea behind that is if you if you move that foot, you know, if your toes move out to the side first or the heel comes in, it's it's a flag that you're coming forward to attack. So we don't use that. Um, so we, that, that foot stays there. It turns for sure, but it's the body movement moving forward and then the foot turns to naturally turn the body because you can't, you can't stay up otherwise the heel comes up. So yeah, so that's, that's one thing that we do. Uh, we also have our smaller movements um, in our techniques, like Uchuke for example. So modern day they use two hands to do Uchuke. Uh, I did a video, uh, a video comparison um, which is on our Instagram page. So go and go and check that out. But using um, two hands instead of one hand for Uchuke. Another example is in our Pinanidan, or more specifically, Kinjo Hiroshi's Pinanidan. Uh, I know it's not a competition cutter, um, but we'll just use this as an example. And yes, I do teach Pinan Kata. I have spoken about this a, a few times, but I don't teach Pinan Kata to my adult members who aren't doing competition. Well, I mean, I do. We use these are principles and movements from Pinanidan, like the, the three Oizuki, for example, but we don't do it in a stylized kata format. We, we changed the punches from Chudan Oizuki to Jordan Oizuki, and we deliver those punches those, those three punches in a continuous movement, like bang, 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 rather than one, two, three, like no pausing between them. So we do, we do this uh, very similar to how kumite, modern kumite movements work as well. So we've been doing this for a long time, and which you will see if you watch UFC, Combat Karate, everybody is doing the same type of punch. So instead of waiting for that, that lead foot to touch the floor and punch or same time and punch we deliver that punch and retract the hand before the foot touches so when we're practicing our pinanidan movement the three oizuki we're doing three movements three punches and three steps but those three punches are out and back well before that third foot touches the floor well before but it's at three action bang 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 um movement that we use and and that that's how we hit the bags that's how we strike focus pads i mean that's not the only one we of course we still do front hand and rear hand but when we're practicing that oizuki movement it is hand first and foot second so that, that's a big part of our our karate um, and that's how that's why um, we don't do it in in competition because it loses it you can't do that 
Um, so the idea for that is, is harnessing all of our momentum and our weight into that punch. So as you strike the target, your foot is off the floor, your front foot is off the floor, and all of your weight is, is in that punch. All of that speed, momentum is into that target rather than waiting for that foot to touch the floor when um, that weight has decelerated, that momentum has decelerated, and then you punch. So it, it, it is a faster way to deliver the punch. Not faster, because the punch is at the same speed. It's just an early way to, to deliver the punch, earlier. We, we talk about that all the time, earlier, earlier. Which punch is faster? Mm, none, neither. It's the delivery, it's, it's how quick, how earlier the punch gets to the intended target. So for that, if we can't do that in competition. If we did, hand before the foot, uh, we all lose. I'm not just talking oizuki, we do that in all of our karate kata, all of our koshinkan kata or kinjo style kata. So for uchiuke, we'll use that one again, we use the hand before the foot touches the floor as well. Yeah, it's quite difficult to do, especially if you're transitioning from a Japanese or an Okinawan style karate um, system where it's foot, foot touches and then hand, or same time, hand and foot. Ours is a little, a little early, a little, uh, a little trickier to do if you're trying to, to do, to do that. Um, it took us a, a little while, but we've been doing that action for you know more than twenty years now, so it's it's no big deal for me. Um, it's weird for me to go the other way. In fact, it's strange. It feels so slow. Um, but if we do that in competition again, the referees and judges would see that as a poor technique because they're used to one way. The same, the same could be said about the type of the, the version of kata that you're doing. Um, if you wanted to do a unique version of uh, supempe, for example, and in your supempe it was different to the regular supempe. I mean, you've got the shitori version and the gojuri version, and they're different. But if you were to do a third version, let's say your particular your particular club does six movement, six um, angles. You know, maybe you repeat twice on, on one side, for example. If, you're, if you did that, then the, maybe the referees and judges would see that as wrong, even though now the WKF rules, it's open to interpretation on, on you looking at the techniques and the movement rather than the, uh, the correct um, movements so the correct pattern because uh, now there is no correct or incorrect pattern i mean the classic example is antonio diaz i'm just riffing here but i can't remember what year it was maybe 2016 world champs final comes out to do supempe steps forward with the left leg instead of the right leg uh and supempe generally starts as far as I know, because I've done it many times, is right leg forward. But he stepped forward with the left. So he had to do four movements, four punches and, and steps, rather than three. End up winning because you can't, because, you know, his cutter was still better than the other players, the other athletes, um, and you can't discriminate if he did three over four. We all know it was a mistake, but anyway. Let's, uh, well, let's, let's get back to what I was sort of saying. Um, so when you're looking at the hand and the foot, 
yes, you, you will lose because referees and judges are used to that particular style where it's hand, hand and foot same time or foot and then, and then hand. Um, so the other, the other way is the extra movements that, that are in competition cutter as well. So if we look at UK again, uh, yeah, some, what I do know is some, some clubs call UK as an inside block, other clubs call it an outside block, and Sotuke is outside, and others call it inside. With, um, with Mitani Sensei, our Japanese instructor, he calls UK outside block, whereas for many years we had called UK inside block, so from out to in rather than in to out. Um, and we, we did change it to, to, to be more closer to Mitani Sensei. However, my dad kept getting confused, and, so, and then I got confused, so we just went back to Uchiuke's inside block. So when I say Uchiuke, that for me is inside block, out, into, out, into, out, like the start of Pinan uh, Gordan. That is, that is what I'm saying is Uchiuke. Um, so in back back to what i was saying so the in the competition cutter standard for that technique is both hands to go out and like a whipping action whereas when we practice it it's only one hand that moves not not two hands and there's no there's no slapping the gi or there's no there's no um, any any sort of like large move it's just a short short move as if somebody's trying to punch your face and you you're getting out of the way so in that was in in that respect the extra movements in competition cutter may be counterproductive if your cutter is is if you're based around uh, if your cutter is based around self-defense and you're teaching competition based cutter and you're not doing competitions then then it may be time to have a quick look at your what you're teaching it can be it can be considered a lot slower. I mean, it looks impressive. Don't get me wrong, but two hands out and that whip, boom! It looks impress impressive. It sounds in impressive compared to the one hand approach. But again, it depends on what your what your the outcome for your students are. But check out the the Instagram page. It, I'll go through that as well. Um, so that's just just sort of one aspect of cutter. That's like Uchiuke is just a one movement. Um, I understand the movements of competition cutter. I'm teaching them again. I stopped for a while because I don't know. I, I just couldn't understand the need for the extra movements, um, and I couldn't understand why people taught it. I thought I thought at that time it was counterproductive to the development of somebody's karate. But I have come to understand and realize that karate is different for everybody. Karate karate is different for everyone. Some people love competition karate. And they see that as true karate. Some see competition karate as nothing more than a sport. Some see traditional karate, karate, as kionido, so the moving up and down the, the floor, the three Ks, the kata, kumite, kion, people see that as traditional karate. Whereas other people see that, that style of karate as modern karate. Uh, some see karate as a close quarter self-defense system, but etc 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 so karate is different for everyone karate can be your own can be your own thing so can they coexist can sports karate and traditional karate coexist yeah definitely for sure 100 percent i love the brutal art 
of karate. I love I love throwing, takedowns, joint manipulations, body conditioning, eye gouging, testicle grabbing, as much as the next fellow. But I also really love the competition element as well. Uh, as long as long as you know the reason for your karate, as long as you understand the reason that you that you are practicing karate or teaching karate, then you can include or exclude whatever you wish. That's that's the beauty of karate. There are so many elements of karate. If you don't like kobudo, if you don't like weapons, don't teach it. If you don't like competition style kumite, don't teach it. But can they exist together and be and, and be in harmony? For sure, for sure. So anyway, guys, I'd love to hear your feedback. Let me know and don't forget to check out our Instagram page and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to Karate Over Coffee. And if you're enjoying the podcast and in getting something out of the episodes, there are a few things you can do to help us. If you don't already subscribe to us on YouTube, please do so. We release these episodes every Friday morning, Australian time. Plus we release some smaller espresso shots during the week on both our YouTube channel and our Facebook community group. You can also subscribe to us on our Apple or Spotify. Leaving a five-star review will be very beneficial as well. If you have any suggestions or topics or feedback or anything that you want to talk about, please put it in our comment section on our Karate Over Coffee community Facebook group. If you'd like to support us, please visit our online shop where we have official Karate Over Coffee shirts, hoodies and mugs available. Your continued support is appreciated and a vital way for the podcast to keep moving forward. Thanks, guys.